This is Mark Animal Mac Young talking to you about Heroes 101 Radio. Give him a listen. Welcome to Heroes 101 Radio, and I'm your host for tonight, and your host all the time, along with my co-host, Impact. He's not able to join us tonight, so it's just me, Rock and Roll, also known as Roxanne Kai. Um, Friend me on Facebook. I never say that. I never say that, Nightbug. Because you don't want any more friends. (laughs) I do. I'm always looking for friends. That's Nightbug, my partner in crime fighting, and he also mans our board. Say hey, Nightbug. Hey, nice fun. Wow. Who didn't see that coming? Um, so tonight, uh, well, before we get started, if you're listening for the first time, Heroes 101 Radio is a radio show that was started by real-life superheroes. What? There are real-life superheroes out there? Yes, there are. We uh, don't call ourselves real-life superheroes. Well, we didn't until the media started calling us real-life superheroes. Basically, there's a whole group, a whole community of people out there, there's a community, um, who go out and do all kinds of altruistic things, and most of the time we wear costumes. So when I say altruistic things, I think that the number one thing that real-life superheroes do is try to feed and help the homeless uh, as often as we can. Even though we don't have a lot of money ourselves, we're always out there doing what we can. Um, many of us do street patrols to make sure that you get to your car safety, safely. Um, many of us pick up uh, garbage and needles in areas where there's a need. And uh, some of us, like our team, teach uh, free self-defense and bystander training. But yeah, we put this radio show together because we thought that real-life superheroes needed a voice so that they could share tips with you on how to be a happier, healthier, safer person. And we take that last part very seriously, the safer part. It, um, it's something that uh, we started, I think the majority of real-life superheroes started um, getting into this whole real-life superhero movement because they thought that they would be fighting off criminals, keeping someone safe, et cetera. And then they, they quickly realized, you know what, it's more about, uh, doing community volunteer work wherever you can, and that's fine because really, uh, we always say here on Heroes One One Radio that if you're hoping to go out on patrol and you're hoping to be someone's shining knight, you know, saving them, then you have to think about your mindset because you actually are hoping that someone has the very worst day of their life possibly, and and that you get to save them from it. Fix that, guys, if that's what you're thinking. So uh, with that, most of us come to this radio show hoping we'll pick up a tidbit um, that could help us out in the future. You know, whether the the topic is, is um, we've had superfoods with Sean Croxton from Underground Wellness. That guy's amazing um, here telling us how to eat better. We've had Mark McYoung, who you heard on the um, trailer, talk to us about self-defense and we've had 
Oh, gosh. Uh, Chase Masterson of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Come on and tell us about her foundation and, and so many others that can share some info because we want you to come away from this show feeling like, hey, I got something that does help me live a healthy, happier, safer life. And with that, I, I don't think that uh, anyone who's listening to this hasn't been informed of at least one shooting, mass shooting in the United States in the past week. Um, actually, I'm losing track. I, I thought I had a number um, of how many there were. I thought there were uh, two in nine hours and four in a week, but it turns out there's more than that. <clears throat> And one thing I'm going to say is that we always invite people to call in, ask questions, share their stories, um, and join us in the chat room. We will, if you put a a question up, we'll answer it. We'll try our best. Um, But one thing we won't do tonight, we can save that for another um, episode if if I feel like I have enough Pepto-Bismol around to keep my stomach from hurting, um, is we won't argue about gun control right now not tonight that's not what this episode's about that's not why we invited our guest on we aren't gonna debate something that's been debated over and over again we're not going to redefine what insanity is which is doing the same thing over and over again and if we sit here and debate back and forth like we've seen for the past how many years Nothing's going to change. What we're trying to do tonight is to learn a little bit about what to do during an active shooter scenario. Now, with that, we know that even if you get all of the info in the world, even if you think that you can't possibly hold an ounce more in your brain of what you can possibly do to stay safer, we can't guarantee any of that. You know this, right? And if you don't and you came here thinking you're going to be 100% safe, I haven't even brought my guest on, and I'm sure he can tell you the same thing, that we don't guarantee anything. All we do is give you tools to work with so that if you keep repeating them in your head, if you keep thinking about them, hopefully they will become knee-jerk responses so that should the horrific occasion rise where you need this, you'll have already gone over it in your head so many times that that you'll just go into automatic mode. Um, So... Tonight, again, we are talking about what to do during an active shooter scenario, and we will also be talking to um, one of our real-life superhero um, community members who kind of went through this just the, a few days ago. Not, not one yeah. of them, thank goodness, not one of the mass shootings that occurred, but, but a, um, a recent, uh, well, we'll, shots we'll, were fired. Shots were fired. We, we will let him tell you in his own words. So, Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you get something out of this that helps you. I, I, right now I have a, a bit of a stomach ache because I think ever since the Sandy Hook shootings, um, I haven't really gotten over how easy it is for someone to take a, a weapon and walk in and just kill tons of people. So um, this, this every time I, I hear this, I don't fear for my own safety. I fear for my son who's in high school and justifiably so. I mean, if you ask any high school 
school student around America, they're going to tell you it's not a matter of if it's now they're thinking it's a matter of when. And that's horrifying. And like I said, we're not going to get into the debate about what can be done right now. We're going to get into the info about what we can do should something like this befall us. So, um, God, I hate this phrase, but without further ado, I'd like to bring on my guest, uh, who is also our Sifu and has been for, oh my gosh, I think since the 90s. Um, oh, don't say that. It's the truth. <laughs> But, True. you know, and he's probably laughing and wincing right now, but it's the truth. And and uh, aside from being local law enforcement, um, he has uh, taught gun courses um, in our dojo. Our dojo uh, taught gun courses that taught you everything from learning how to shoot, to unjam a gun, to how to roll and fire and, and everything to do with it. And um, it was also a course that was taught to um, local law enforcement. So I think if anybody were qualified to um, give us a little bit, uh, hopefully more than a little bit about what to do during an active shooter scenario, it would be this man. So it's my honor and pleasure to bring you Shep. Welcome Shep. Hi, am I, can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. I can nope. hear you loud and clear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Nightbug. That's a really long applause. He deserves it, but still. <laughs> it's the first credit, time. Credit where credit is due. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Sifu. Thank you. I know you're busy. I know because we keep trying to get you to come out and do things with us, and you guys are hella busy. So um, I, I appreciate that you took the time in your schedule to come and do this. It means a lot. Of course, my pleasure, my pleasure. Okay, so I'll let you start because really, I, I think I just, I just want to know, like, and this, this hit home. Like, the Gilroy Garlic Festival is is something that we've loved for years. We didn't go this year, thank God. And I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm or in Walmart. Say I'm in Walmart. Say I'm in the Gilroy Garlic Festival. What in the hell? I hear shots. What do we do? Um. Well, it, it, it's actually just all about common sense, just like any other type of self-defense uh, situation. I, I do want to say, uh, obviously, I was that hit me pretty hard too. The whole Gilroy Garlic Festival thing, because I'm I'm from down near that area. I've been there before many times. Didn't go this year, but uh, I had yeah. coworkers uh, that went. And the uh, interesting thing is, uh, from what I'm being told, they don't allow law enforcement to actually carry off duty. Um, there. Wow. That's one of those things that, yeah, that there's a lot of places like, you know, I'm, I'm armed 95% of the time, but there are a few places that they don't allow firearms at all. And, and in some, uh, in some situations, they could obviously help the situation um, if they were to allow it. But, uh, but anyway, um, as with any self-defense type of situation, it's really all about preparation kind of what you're you're doing right now getting people to think about it it's, it's not fun to think about it's uh depressing you know no one wants to spend their time thinking about what to do if something like this happens but that's really the only way that you can i don't want to say ensure your survival but make it uh, a, a lot more likely um feel, feel free to chime in anytime by the way on, on anything that i'm saying here because uh, i mean there's a lot of information obviously but uh yeah yeah uh, 
I, I think, uh, first of all, it's just all about making a plan. Um, you've taken self-defense classes with me. Um, it's the same thing as if you're uh, trying to prepare to defend yourself. Um, always think to, your, think to yourself, what would I do if such and such happened, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have to have a plan. Uh, if you're going into uh, any sort of large uh, gathering, um, know how you're going to get out. Right, know at least two uh, two exits, have an escape path in mind, um, and identify places uh, that you could hide if something were to happen. That's not to say you have to be paranoid, but it's just something that you routinely do. I'm sure you do it already um, whenever you go into places. Uh, know where the exits are. Know how you're going to get out um, in case of any disaster, not just a, a, a shooting, um, so that it's uh, something that's already in your mind should something happen, right? Right. Yeah, we don't go into a restaurant. Uh, well, because of you know martial arts, um, and and I you know the the funny thing is, I don't. I thought everybody did this, but in these past almost thirty years, I've found that that uh, I'm probably Nightbug and I and other members of our family we're the only ones who care about seeing the entrance or exit whenever we're in a restaurant, whenever we're anywhere, we'll we'll scope it out, and and everybody else is usually just huh, what. <laughs> why so you know we take it for granted that that people don't think about this so yeah that's that's just knee jerk like i said yeah and i got tired of it initially i was like really you know but then she's absolutely right you 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 need to you need to think of you need to pre you need to pre-plan you need to think of all these things consider the possibility that it could happen to you Mm -hmm. yeah it, it really can happen at any point, wherever you're at, um, you know, want to be, be aware uh, of your environment um, and any possible dangers um, at all. You know, as you mentioned, I'm in law enforcement. Um, you know, I was just on, on duty last night uh, driving around. And uh, one of the interesting things um, about my job is that you start off working in the jail. So I've seen uh, a lot of the people in the jail that are walking around uh, out here, I know what they've done. I know their their criminal history and all that. Uh, and I drove by um, uh, Bart Station, um, and there were about six people just kind of milling about that had been in custody for violent crimes that were now out. Um, and the people that were at the stop with them, they didn't know. They had no idea. Um, I knew. <laughs> but it's just one of those wow. things that you don't know who's around. You don't know what they've done, um, you know. Obviously, I'm not saying that uh, once a criminal, always a criminal, you know. Um, these people were out. They did their time or whatever. But I'm just saying you don't know what people are capable of. You want to be aware of your environment. Uh, just pay attention so that if something happens, you're not completely surprised by it. So many people are just looking at their phones or doing whatever, uh, completely tuned out. Um, and the same is true when you go into a large uh, setting like uh, the Garland Festival or any, anything like that. Just be be aware of anything out of place. And then if you see something, uh, say something right away. It could be nothing, but it's better to be safe uh, than sorry. Definitely. And they've been saying that in airports for years now. Say something. If you see something, say something. You know, so they're on heightened, uh, heightened awareness, heightened security all the time. Now, you know, us, absolutely, we take it for granted. And, and you know, we get in – I think – I was reading somewhere where it's usually when you're tired or you're just, your guard is down when things happen to you. So 
we'll talk about right. paranoia versus uh, awareness later. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's people have accused me of being paranoid, and I I I don't know. I don't think that our school teaches paranoia. I think it teaches awareness, and uh, that's that's a big that's, difference. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I've talked um, to a lot of individuals who have committed violent crime. I've talked to them in the jail because when you're working in the jail, there's not really anything to do but talk to them. Um, <laughs> and I'll ask them, hey, you know, what made you pick certain people? Um, and it's it's all about opportunity. They look for the people that aren't paying attention. It's, it's really that simple. Um, if, they're, if you're paying attention um, and the individual is aware that you see them, that a lot of times um, – Solves your problem right there. It makes them pick a different target. I don't know that this necessarily has anything to do with the active shooter thing, but just just self defense uh, in general. But if you're paying attention, then you might see something out of place uh, and be able to uh, alert. The, the faster you alert the authorities, the better it's going to be. Um, the faster their response will be, and the more information that you can give um, dispatch when you call them, um, the better the response is going to be, and the quicker uh, it'll be stopped. Uh. Yeah, um, and and speaking of that, I well, I'll, I'll let you tell it, but I I, I was um, reading about uh, things that you shouldn't be doing while something like that is going on if you're safe enough to hide and such. So yeah, this 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 is blowing my mind. Things I thought I already knew about you know what what could go down during an active shooter scenario because if you were called the one, see if wouldn't you just look for someone with you, you're there to, you're not there to uh, aid the wounded. You're there to stop the shooter. Right. So you would bypass the wounded and, and, and look straight for someone who looks like they're suspicious, like the shooter. Right. That That is correct. Uh, we're not supposed to stop and render aid, um, which is obviously hard. You know, you see people bleeding on the ground or whatever, but um, the goal is to, to find the shooter or shooters, however many there are, um, neutralize the threat, um, and then deal um, with the aftermath. Wow. Well, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of us, you know, with the, but, but so, yeah, so back to, if you're, if you're there and you're, you're, you're paying attention and, and if you see, you know, all of a sudden someone's shooting wherever you are, what's, what's the, what, what should we do? All right. Well, uh, but, well, before I get to that, I'm, I'm still on the be prepared part. Because oh, okay. Good. Good. Sorry. Don't be hurt. That you can do for that, right? So, uh, obviously, um, make make a plan with your family, um, and ensure that everyone knows what they would do. Um, right. I mean, we're going to talk about what to do in a second, but uh, you have to have discussed it uh, with your family. You know, I've discussed it um, with my family. Our situation is different because even if I'm off duty, if I'm armed, I'm going to find the shooter. Um, because that's if the quicker you find the shooter, the better it is, right? I'll have to, of right. course, I'd have to watch out for law enforcement coming in to make sure they don't shoot me, that sort of thing. Right. But the the quicker it's over, the better. So whereas I'm going to be going trying to find the shooter, you know, my wife should be taking taking the kids out, escaping, um, that sort of thing. But the point is, have a plan um, as far as what uh, would happen um, when it if it does happen. Um, and then uh, as far as getting to what you should do, uh, there's a uh, a phrase that's very easy to remember 
uh, I didn't invent this. I mean, all this information is readily available uh, on the internet. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Um, <laughs> I might be violating some trademark or something like that. I think some other agency came up with this, but basically, the the way you remember it is run, hide, fight. Right. Basically, what you do. Um, so, uh, the shooting is happening. If possible, run and escape. That is that is the top uh, priority. You just need to get out. But it sounds simple, right? <laughs> um, right. Leave your belongings. Get away. Um, if you can help others escape, great, do so. Um, but regardless of, where, of whether others agree to follow, regardless of what everyone's doing, you need to get out. Um, warn individuals uh, that might be entering what's going on and where the shooter might be so that they don't come in. Um, and then when you're safe, you call 911 and give as much information uh, as you can, because understand law enforcement, when they're coming in, they may have very little information. They might not have a description. They might just know that there's shots uh, going on. Um, and the more information they have going in, uh, particularly uh, involving location, uh, the more they can coordinate uh, their response and call in uh, extra resources. So the first step is run. Mm-hmm. Uh, next would just be, uh, obviously, if you can't run, if escape is not possible, like you look out into the hallway, you're about you're you're, you're trying to leave. If you're in a, the workplace and you actually see the shooter out there, um, then hide. Um, get out of the shooter's view. Um, stay quiet. Silence all your electronic uh, devices. Um, you know, make sure they're not going to vibrate. Uh, try to barricade the doors. Turn off the lights. Anything you do to make it more difficult uh, for the shooter to locate you. Um, and if you can, you stay there until law enforcement uh, gives you the, the all clear. Um, I don't know. Anything to add there? That's pretty much pretty much straightforward, right? Yeah. Well, you know, oh, Bug, it looks like Bug wanted to say something. Oh, no. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm evaluating and making mental strange strange faces apparently <laughs> i um yeah that's that's not new i you know and and like you said no one wants to talk about this and and so because you know it's a morbid morbid subject you know it's and and if you talk about it too much already i know that there are people out there who are going oh my god rock stop posting about the you know this i'm i really wanted people to hear this and i will post it i think i'm going to post it at least once a month from here on out, because <clears throat> one more person I took for granted, like I said, I am fortunate enough to have taken classes with you for decades. And so that knee jerk response that even though you can't, and, and I'm not going to fool myself into thinking, Oh, but you're prepared for everything. No way. I'm not prepared for so much, but that's why I keep trying to take these tidbits of safety and, and go over them in my head. You know, take a break from it, sure, but go over it in your head so that hopefully if something like this happens, um, we had a firefighter on here, a friend of mine, who said that the thing that you saw in the 9-11 photos mostly was people in shock who were looking at what happened and couldn't move, couldn't believe that, that that could happen. It was all you heard over and over again was, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Well, nowadays you kind of got to be living in a cave to not believe that this could happen. Right. So for me, it's, it's something that you taught us in martial arts, which is, you know, just the school's motto. It could happen to me. It could happen today. I'll know what to do and I'll do it. 
Now, I think the thing that happens to most people is they get stuck on that first one. They don't believe it could happen to them. So when those shots are fired, they, they go into shock and they freeze and there's no plan. There's no, you know, nothing that, that kicks in that, that they knew what to do even after hearing your information. So that's the one thing I want to emphasize. If you're hearing this, and we've got a local law enforcement officer right now telling you, do this, make a plan, et cetera. Go over that in your head at least once or twice a week until you feel like you don't even have to think about it. It's, it's kind of stuck in your brain. You know, picture yourself doing it um, because they'll learn. They'll hear things from here. And then a month or two later, they'll say, I forget what you, you know, what were you telling people to do? And I think that's where some of the info gets lost. Right. Well, uh, that's what's kind of good about this information. Wait, hold on. No. <laughs> My wife came and bothered me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, his wife's oh, awesome Alex. too, you guys. If you're listening right now, his his wife is amazing. <laughs> She's also a martial arts instructor. She also uh, works for the county. She's pretty, pretty badass. This woman will kill you, <laughs> but she's a sweetheart. So yeah. So. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I, you uh, were saying. Yeah. So actually, I can't remember what I was saying. Well, we're talking oh, we were about talking, hiding, right? Yeah, we're um, talking about yeah, hiding. So yeah. When 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 you pick your, uh, it's not even really a matter of uh, paranoia. It's very easy anywhere you walk in. Just you look around and say, okay, that's something I could. I could get behind if I needed to. Um, you know, law enforcement, whenever we make contact with an individual, we kind of have to think the same thing. We have to think about escape routes. Um, we have to think, okay, if this person I'm coming to talk to uh, ends up pulling out a gun, what can I jump behind? Uh, and you hope it doesn't happen. 90% of the time it doesn't happen, but you have to be prepared in case it does because that's just the nature the nature of the job, right? Um, right doesn't really require a whole lot of extra effort. It's, it, it's not, it barely takes a, a second thought. It's, it happens in a split second, right? So you go in any place, you think, so, okay, there's, there's a desk over there. Um, you know, you should know what the difference between uh, cover and concealment is. So cover provides cover from uh, being shot at, so it's going to stop the bullets, right? Concealment is just a hiding space, which might not necessarily stop gunfire, but it will keep you from the shooter's view, right? So ideally yeah. you want both cover and concealment, right? Um, and that's that. So you're hiding. Um, if escape is not possible, you stay there um, until either an opportunity comes to escape or until law enforcement uh, uh, comes in and gives you the all clear. Um, and then the last part uh, uh, of the run, hide, fight uh, phrase is obviously fighting. That's a an absolute last resort um, because you just never know what's going to happen. But you can't escape. He's found you. The shooter's coming in. Um, so you have no choice but to fight. Um, and I think the key there is, uh, just like we've uh, talked about for self-defense, once you make that decision, you act as aggressively as possible. There's no there's no halfway. So you commit. Um, you have to be prepared to cause What's that? You have to commit. Commit to harming that person. Yep. Le- fully, lethally. Fully commit. Yep. Uh, be prepared to cause severe lethal injury to the shooter. Um Grab whatever weapons um, that might be there, you know, fire extinguishers, um, whatever you can grab to throw uh, at the shooter. Um, if you're trapped with other people, you gang up on them. Um, 
do whatever you can uh, and just fully commit because there's no halfway at that point. Um, you know, you may be injured, but um, that's the only way to, to to stop the threat at that point. So, man, what? Okay, what do you think about? I've I've seen uh, there are, there are these websites. There's especially there's this one guy who runs a self defense website. Uh, pretty intense guy, and and they sell these bulletproof lightweight everyday jackets, and um, I think they're up to three three A right now. Uh, they're like five almost six hundred dollars a jacket, uh, but they show them they show them out on the range, you know, firing shots into them. And uh, what do you think of those? And these, I mean, I swear I was at Office Max the other day. And for two hundred bucks, they had a bulletproof backpack. I I couldn't tell what what it would hold, you know, what it would stop. But I don't know. Do you think those are giving you a false sense of security, or do you think maybe a jacket would help? I mean, if you want to pay the money for it, I guess it can't hurt. <laughs> um, Have mean, you seen them? You know, particularly the the the, the backpacks are uh, an interesting um, idea. Yeah, I've seen the backpacks. I haven't seen the. The jackets and all that, but um, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Um, unfortunately, the more common these shootings um, become, the more this type of thing is going to come out. Um, I mean, I don't have one. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't uh, I'm not going to pay six hundred dollars for 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 a, for, for a backpack uh, quite yet. But uh, I mean, if you can afford it, if you want to make the investment, I don't think there's a there's a problem with it. Um, you know, as long as uh, all the other things we're talking about are still in play. You know, you're, you're paying attention. You have your plan. Um, you know, because a bulletproof vest doesn't fix everything, obviously. No, no. Uh, in fact, and if I may, ne- oh sure. Oh. If, if I may, I did. It is something you bringing the backpack up does bring something up with myself too. The whole active shooter thing is, you know, I've had to talk to the girls, you know, 15 and 10, about where they can hide. You know, especially Ella being 10 where she can mm-hmm. hide in her classroom. If she can't get out of that window before somebody comes in and she can't hide and conceal herself, you know, from the shooter or whatnot, where can she, where can she go? Where can she hide? How can she get out fastest? You know, you, you can't worry about your bestie at that point. And it, it's uh, kind of screwed up that you have to talk to your children about that too. But it, it's gotten more and more to be an everyday conversation you have to have. And Absolutely. that would help, but... You know, people don't have their, you know, everyday person is not going to have the money for the backpack or the jacket to protect themselves or their child. Right, exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's you know, like I said, we'll have another episode uh, on just how the whole thing, you know, because think about it. This is not, uh, sure, these, I'm not going to say that there were never shootings when we were kids. Yeah, there were, but let's be real. The reason we're having this discussion now is because the frequency was not there. This wasn't the childhood I had, but this is the childhood that our children are having. And, and that's true. There are some parents out there who don't want to bring the conversation, you know, into the house. And unfortunately, you, you're doing a disservice to your child by not preparing them for something that could, could happen. You, you hope to God it never does, but it could happen. So, um, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to send you a link to those jackets. Maybe you could <laughs> tell me what you think of them when I, when I show you the details. I, I, it's gotten to the point 
where I'm going, huh, you know, do I, I'll be honest, I'm going, do I want to send my kid to high school anymore? Or should I just have him finish out his last two years uh, homeschooling, which sucks. He's got friends he loves, you know, so I know that's, that's fear making your decision for you, but the fear is real lately. It's getting a little too close to home. So, um, yeah, all, all, all you can do is, uh, is, is try to prepare yourself as much as possible and then just, you know, I, I'm not trying to say be paranoid. Just like we, we tell our students for self-defense, it's not about paranoia. It's just about being prepared if something happens so that uh, whatever happens, you can, you can fight. Period. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you never have to, um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare you shouldn't train um and you can still have fun but you know you have to you don't have to be paranoid going through life all afraid and whatnot um it's not really uh what it's all about yeah yeah um, you got it oh go ahead uh yeah oh no uh, go ahead what were you gonna say i was gonna say it's uh, that's the whole thing it's it's we do these um and and who was it? Someone was a uh, one time, not for this particular episode, but for another, they were afraid of, of too much fear mongering. And I thought, well, okay, you can go ahead and accuse me of fear mongering. If it means that uh, this was for when we were giving one of our self-defense seminars, uh, that one person actually gets something out of it that helps them. And, you know, we've had several people tell us that if it weren't for what they learned in the classes, they could have been seriously harmed or worse. So um, I think that that this type of episode and these kind of conversations aren't aren't you know feeding into paranoia or fear mongering. It's scary as it is. We're just trying to give you some tools to uh, to use, like I said. Um, but as a police officer, I wanted to ask you: Do you? Because I I heard talk around town of people starting a. Um, uh, a parent patrol around the high schools where, you know, they pair up in teams, people who, these are people who can, you know, say you've got two hours off, you know, and you can sign up for a two hour shift and walk around your, uh, whatever it is you want to keep safe, you know, whatever. I don't know that people want to keep them all safe, but it's more for schools, elementary or high school or middle school and, and um, let the local law enforcement know what's going on and, Sure, they're not armed because you can't be, obviously. Um, but these are parents who are so concerned that they would be willing to be the first contact to a shooter that would, you know, be thinking of going onto the school grounds. What do you think of of that idea? Sounds like a good idea to me. Um, <laughs> again, the more information you can get, uh, the better. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like having an alarm for your house, um, you know, does it necessarily prevent things from happening? No, but it's just one more layer that might discourage someone from trying to break into your house if they know that it's there, right? Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if the more eyes you have around that can see things out of place, the quicker information would get to law enforcement, Um, you know, and I've always found that to be uh, a good thing. Uh, you know, unfortunately, most of the time, police officers are responding after something has already happened. Um, so the more people do themselves to make it to where they see things faster and can can start the ball rolling, uh, I think the better the better it'll be. 
Definitely. What do you think? I wanted to ask you as soon as I heard this, that there were uh, armed security on site at the, uh, at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. And yet, you know, that person was able to kill how many people in, in what, under a few minutes? And, you know, the, the security or law enforcement, whatever was on site at the time, wasn't able to do much about it. Yeah, I don't know the details uh, on that. I mean, I heard that the the officer response was was pretty quick, but yeah, I mean, once somebody just starts randomly shooting, um, I mean, sometimes people might not even be aware that it's gunfire. You know, it sometimes it takes a minute to for people to react to these type of things. I don't know where the security was positioned. I don't know their level of training. You know, um, just because they have firearms doesn't mean they're they're good. <laughs> you know, this is uh, true. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they're a police officer, a retired police officer. I have no idea um, uh, about uh, any of that. But, uh, I mean, you obviously you want to be in a position where you're not depending, uh, you know, on security necessarily. You just have to – if security sees it, great. Uh, but you have to take your own safety in your hands and just be, just be paying attention so that you can, you can react. Which brings up a good point, and and it's not to devalue what security does out there, but it's the truth. We've all seen security guards who look like they just recently became security guards, and that you know, should something go down, you kind of wonder, are are you are you sure you'd be able to handle security for this place? So uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. You shouldn't rely on them. Um, I mean, in general, if they're if they're just security and they're not sworn officers, they're, what they're supposed to do is observe and report. Um, you know, yeah, some of them are armed, um, but I mean, I'm sure the the training that they go through. I mean, I'm not shy about saying that the training for for us as law enforcement for firearms. I mean, you just you can never have enough training, um, and I'm sure that security gets even less training than what law enforcement gets. So. I mean, how effective they're going to be, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the on the person. Oh, man. You know, and, and here's the thing. With with all the talk that we have about even this, with, with um, you know, hey, be prepared. Go over it in your head. So this knee jerk. Firearms are super loud. I mean, I've been around them for the past 40 years. And, you know, I love going to the range. I love um, skeet shooting, you know, and but – Oh my God! When you know when you first, I don't know. Does it still happen to you, or or because you're a police officer, that that first shot, the the ring, you know, it spills like, oh my God, that is really loud. <laughs> you know, that's even with the the you know the ear gear on, I'm still amazed at how loud gunshot really is. Yeah, I'm pretty much used to it now. As long <laughs> as I have my my ear protection on uh, properly. Sometimes, you know, it's yeah. a little too loose and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there goes the ears the right, right. And the reason I bring <laughs> that up is because even with all our, you know, even with, with knowing knowing what to do, that's an added uh, just factor that that if you're close to the gunfire, it's, it's, it's so loud that it is, it's shocking. Yeah. You know? So, and I could see people, your average citizen going out there and just being shocked because of the gunfire. And, and that's one thing that did occur to me that even with all the prep that you do, man, I don't know. Do you think people should go to a, a, a 
firearm range, you know, just to a shooting range and just so they can hear what that sounds like, just so that they can be a little more prepared and, you know, even try shooting a gun themselves just to, you know, feel like they're not as afraid of, of the weapon. I don't know. I mean, I, I think everyone should have some firearm training, but, you know, you're never going to, you know, some people just are violently opposed to it. You, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, I've had, I've taught students and tried to get them to take the, the gun course that our martial arts school off, school offered um, mm-hmm. back in the day. And they just did not want to have anything to do with it. Um, you know, so we just teach them the simple uh, gun attack, the gun defense. Um, yeah. You know, I would bring out a handgun and show them how it how the how the operation works, just in case they manage to pick one up, and that was the that was the extent of it. So, you know, people believe what they believe, and they're going to do um, what's best for them. Um, but obviously, it's, any sort of firearm training is helpful, in my opinion. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, I, I agree. It's better to to be a little familiar with the the weapon, so that you know. It, it's not as terrifying, but you're right. There are people who, even if you tell them, Hey, there's a gun anywhere near the, yeah, they're, they're just, they're not going to want to touch it or be anywhere near it. So, and, and I get that. I, you know, I respect that. I respect that fear, you know, just as long as they know what to do in case somehow you were. Oh, like I was going to say, who don't wanna... Let's go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. I was going to say, just like there's a lot of people who don't want to take, uh, take self-defense, you know, they they don't want to uh, have anything to do with it. You know, my, 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 my own mother, who was once attacked in a church, oh, doesn't, she doesn't want to take any. And she's like, oh, the Lord will take care of me. You know, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need any of that. <laughs> um, oh, oh you know, man. She's just, she just one of those people, you know. Uh, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, it is know, what I, it is. Right? I hear a lot of that, too, that hey, if it happens, it happens. And I'm, uh, you know... You got got to let people live their life the way they want to. I guess this is for people who, you know, they want to live their life, but they want to live it a little longer just in case this stuff happens. So, <laughs> and Bug, you were about to say? Yeah, I was going to say um, you were talking about ordinary citizens getting firearm training, being familiar. We don't think about it as much here in California because we're not an open carry state and we're a state where you can barely get a concealed carry permit. Um, but I was wondering if you had advice for people in, uh, in other locations where they can carry and they might be involved in an active shooter scenario, what they might want to be concerned with during and even after the event is over. That, uh, that's a good question. That actually, uh, ties into what I was going to say next. Um, you know, the, the, the aftermath uh, of the whole thing. Um, and once law enforcement, uh, once law enforcement is actually responding, um, you want to make sure that when you see them coming, you keep your hands visible and empty because obviously law enforcement, they don't know how many shooters there are. And if they see a gun, they may just uh, assume that you are a shooter and you might get shot. So, um, you know, do what you need to do. Respond. I would do the same thing if I was a civilian. You know, I would have my gun out. I would do, or if I'm off duty, which you know I'm essentially a civilian at that point, I guess. Um, I would address the threat if I could find it. But once I saw law, law enforcement, put the gun down, hold your hands up, and make sure that that they are clear that you are not you are not the bad guy. Because um, in a chaotic situation like that, 
sometimes it's very difficult to tell um, who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. Um, you know, out here people aren't supposed to be carrying around guns for the most part, so it's not as bad. Like someplace like Texas, I can't I can't imagine how that would be. Um, wow. Yeah. How do you know who's who, seriously? How do you know? <laughs> you know, everybody's got the gun, so. Yeah. Wow. You, and you, you've just got to know law, law enforcement, they, they've got a very singular goal. So you need to make sure that you are making it very clear that you are not a threat. Um, and if that means you got to put the gun down, hold your hands up, then um, then so be it. Um, you know, the officers, they might be coming in singular. They might come in in groups, in teams. Um, they're going to have rifles, shotguns. They might have pepper spray, tear gas. They're going to they do all, all sorts of things to control the situation. Um, so make sure your hands are visible and then follow whatever commands that they give to you. Um, they are going to be passing, uh, the injured. Like we said, they're not going to be offering any first aid. Um, they're trying to clear the situation so that first aid can come in. Um, and that also means you might need to be prepared to, to actually start administering first aid yourself, whatever first aid you might know. Uh, if you're hurt, take care of yourself first and then you can help others. Um, there's nothing to say that you can't help, um, the injured. You're actually are probably going to be the first line. Uh, of people coming in as far as uh, doing the first aid and, and, and helping people uh, with their injuries. Because um, it might take a second for law enforcement is going to have to clear the entire structure or wherever it is you're at to make sure um, that everything is clear. Now that brings up a good point. You know, in the real life superhero community, we are always, you hear these guys going, I would run in, you know, I see your gunshots, I'm going to run in. Well, that's great if you're local law enforcement, but if you're not and you're not armed and you're, you know, just dude, stay out of it, stay out of the way if you can get out of it. And then, you know, if you can, then try to administer first aid. That's a, Learn first aid, learn first responder first aid. And then that way, you know, once the threat is neutralized or whatever it's called, um, he, then you can help. That's where real life superheroes can help out. If you know first aid, you know, so that's if we exactly. all survive something like that. Um, and you know, there's in the aftermath, that's another thing. We've all turned off our phones, right? We've all, nothing's on. Um, and you just wait for, for law enforcement to, to give you the all clear. Right. And then that's when, I mean, you don't oh, have to ahead. turn off your phone. You can it just make sure your phone is silent. Uh, there is a way to contact nine one one via text. I'm trying to remember how oh, that wow. works. I can't remember if you just if you just text. There, there there is a way to do that so you can communicate with dispatch silently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, text all you want. Yeah, I mean, obviously, got to be be careful about the brightness of the phone. It just kind of depends on the situation. Um, but yeah, you're supposed to if you can't get out. Just wait for law enforcement to come in, and then you just gotta you gotta stay there and uh, wait wait for their instructions. Uh, unless you see an avenue of escape, which is always uh, always something you can take advantage of. But yeah, as far as people, you know, running in this and that, I mean, I'm not one to uh, discourage bravery or this that, but you got to make sure that you're not getting in the way. Um, you know, if you're unarmed, you know, you, what do you accomplish by running in and getting shot? Now, it's different if the shooting's happening and the shooter is close to you um, because there are techniques that you can use, you know, uh, gun defense and things of that nature. Um, you know, there, there's some pretty good stuff on YouTube that you can find, you know, if you don't train in martial arts. You know, if, uh, if you actually have to fight, there are things that you can train in and be prepared to do. But I'm not saying you should necessarily seek the shooter out. That's one of the things where if the shooter is right there, um, 
you know, and you choose to fight, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to discourage that. But what the training says is that it's the last resort after you've tried to do everything else. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I believe in that in martial arts, too. It's, you know, if you, if you, if you can avoid the fight, avoid the fight. But if you have to fight, you're right. Um, there was that shooting. This, this was long ago, but it was in, uh, was it San Dimas? Uh, the McDonald's shooting where 22 people died. But the thing that stuck in my head and, and uh, this was from master Flint's book. Um, by the way, uh, uh, master Flint is from our dojo and he wrote a book called waking the tiger within. So um, this is from that book. I highly recommend it. It talked about that okay. shooting and how um, the shooter was able to reload twice. And yeah. still People were in shock and couldn't leave, but there were those who did, a few who did escape. Now, he's reloading. Like you said, if, if, if there's no way to escape, then, you know, that's the time to to fight and to commit wholeheartedly to it. So, I know it exactly. sounds brave. It sounds brave talking about it, you know, on a radio show, et cetera, but it's just, it's things that you may not have thought of before that if you think about them enough and you're stuck in that situation, they might come back to you. And and you might know you know what to do. Hopefully, <laughs> it, it. I gotta tell That's, you, see, for this talking like this reminds me of a monster movie. Turn the light. Make sure he doesn't see the light. Make sure that you know hide and and bear. Man, it's creepy, isn't it? It's just horrifying. Yeah, it's it's a reality though, unfortunately. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's gonna go away anytime soon. So no. No, agreed, one hundred percent. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's going to go away, and that's why I, I really feel like I'm going to, you know, burn these guys out and go, hey, listen to this, because there's some info there that that we could really use. Um, there was an incident a few days ago uh, that one of uh, someone in the RLSH community um, experienced, and um, when you're when. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you, you know, when when we're done with our, you know, this part of it, if you'd stay on just to hear his his uh, his tale of what happened and uh, give us your thoughts on it, if that'd be okay. Sure, of course. No problem. Um, So, again, you guys, that's what's that's run. Well, prepare first. Right. Make a plan. Yep. Prepare. And then and then uh, run, hide, fight. Again, it's trademarked by somebody else, so I'm probably going to get sued now. But you, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they can sue us. It's okay. Um, uh, but, but really, I, you know, and you're talking about how there are gun now, you know, gun defense uh, moves out there on YouTube. You guys, I'm going to start looking those up. I mean, I know what we were taught, but you know, what if you didn't go to martial arts school and you'd like to learn these things and you have no choice but to fight? Man, let's look those up and let's just, you know. Try to commit them to memory. Yeah, you, I don't know. You you you, you kind of got to sift. I mean, some are better than others, obviously. Um, and there is no substitute for consistent training as far as reaction time and things of that. You can know all the techniques you you want, but if you haven't trained your reactions and um, built your confidence that it's going to work, it may not. But um, there are there are some things on YouTube, particularly a uh, uh, rifle defense. Like if someone has a um, you know, a, a semi-automatic rifle, something like that, pointed at you from behind and front. There, there are techniques that most definitely uh, work if you commit to them. 
they work very, very well. Uh, so wow. It's out there for anybody who wants to look at it. Yeah, and and honestly, if you're looking at most of the shootings that are going on, semis, right? Those are the that's what they're using. It's 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 rarely oh he walked in with a handgun, one handgun, you know, and took out 22. It's usually the the semi-automatics, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, like the AR-15, that type of thing. More uh, more capacity, uh, more yeah. accurate from further away. Um, you know, I mean, you can get 30 round magazines for them. Wow. Yeah. Um, so if you got, you know, if you got like five or six of those, yeah, it's a, it's a bad day. It really mm-hmm. is. Oh my goodness, uh, it's just it's, it's depressing. And and I'm, you know, at first I didn't bat an eyelash at the, uh, you know, um, when I woke up this morning and and saw the the one in was it Daytona, Daytona mm-hmm. or Dayton? I it was one or the other, but but uh, I got up and and it made me mad at myself for how. Uh, desensitized, you know. I, I was feeling, and yeah. how normalized this has all become. It's 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 terrible. We're broken. Um, but then I I I, I fell asleep. I came home because I didn't have any sleep last night. Gee, I wonder why all this you know crappy news that I you know. And and I do emphasize taking a break from it every now and then. You guys, it's not like hey, mold this over in your mind twenty four seven. Hell no, that's just crazy. Um, but I I came home. Uh, after our bakery and took a little tiny started falling asleep took a nap and oh man it was horrifying in clarity i saw um uh, someone who looked like a loved one laying on the ground you know face down well with their face to the side eyes open and and you know blood splattering on them and bullet holes in their hands and and it was so horrifyingly clear and i just started yelling in my sleep and woke myself up and so everything that I had been desensitized, you know, by the, these past few days, weeks, whatever, it, it, I got a fraction of what that must feel like for someone who's been affected by this, just a fraction of it, because it's, it was a horrifying vision. And I just, you know, we, we don't care until it happens close to home, until it happens to someone we know, you know, and. And that's the reality of it. And I'm, and I'm sorry that that has to be this way. And that's why I'm really grateful for you to come on here and say this, because even if you're saying that it's out there, you know, on the internet, you can find, of course you can, but some people haven't found any of that or haven't looked or, you know, and, and here we're condensing it into, you know, this, this short show. So thank you so much for doing that. My, my pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Okay, now I'm going to bring on the the person I was telling you about who, uh, well, you know what, let's bring him on, and um, we'll let him tell his own story. Got that? Let's see. All right, is this oh. Mr. Barnes from the 608? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, he's prepared. He's prepared. Now, can, you know what, welcome, thank you so much for being here, Parker Barnes. We, um, yeah, oh, thanks for you, having me. You didn't give me a plus. Oh, you I, did, and it turned off. Thanks. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. It's, it's okay. It, it's no, a, no, no, no. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. That, you that's go. great. Uh, we, you know, it's, still, it's because it's, of you that I'm at where I'm at. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You know, it's it's a, a, not to talk technical difficulties, but every now and then Blog Talk decides, no, nah, we're not going to play that button, and, uh, and we're psyched. <laughs> we're sitting here watching it spin and spin and spin, but 
can you tell people what you do? Because um, you have this whole wonderful gimmick um, and, and let us know what you were doing out there and, and what happened. Okay. Uh, well, my name's Parker Barnes. Um, right now, I am the top clown and founder of the Happy Misfit Street Circus, or HMSC, that uh, performs every Friday, Saturday night in downtown La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, we're kind of a, it's hard to describe, kind of a street performance troupe. Uh, its main focus is to entertain the audience and kind of musical variety show and seek out local artists to uh, feature and promote, you know, during said show. But, we also uh, do as much work for the community as we can. I basically designed it to work a lot like uh, RLSHD, a real-life superhero team does. Um, I was a member of the Challengers when I was Electron uh, back in the day, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a Midwest RLSH team run by uh, the Watchmen and Blackbird. Uh, I've patrolled Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Lacrosse. Uh, back then, I did a lot of work, uh, mostly homeless outreach, charity, things like that, but we also did a lot of crime prevention patrols. Uh, I don't like the word crime fighting. Uh, it's just not a kind of a dirty word for me, but prevention, just being there, <laughs> being an extra eyes, that's what we were about. Um, you know, observe and report, uh, as well as educate the community and, you know, exactly what you guys are doing, uh, things that you can do to avoid or come together about. Uh, which is a lot of a lot of what we do at the HMSC. Um, Saturday night, uh, gosh, what was it? The 23rd, a couple weeks ago. So you can look it up on Lacrosse Tribune. Uh, it was about 12:15 a.m. So I guess it's Sunday. Uh, we we're just about to do a karaoke act with one of the uh, artists in town. That's a lot of what we do is uh, trying to get the audience involved and uh, talk about their. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, get the community as part of the show. And so we do random bouts of karaoke if they don't have any kind of instruments with them or anything like that. And this guy was going to sing a song, and I didn't actually get to catch what it was when a gunfire went off. Um, weapon was discharged, but the way that uh, the downtown area is set up, it's a, kind of a tunnel. So you can't really tell where it actually would have come from, um, which actually kind of explains the events that followed a lot of it was instinct um there wasn't a lot of ability to follow the plan to run uh, anywhere to go and we didn't know where the actual uh, event had taken place but uh yeah ultimately the uh, police got there really quick and our job started pretty much right after right so you know what i i didn't get to see nightbug saw the video because this is all on video you guys oh, yeah. I'm um, sorry. I uh, I jumped around a bit. I'm not used to oh, these, no uh, you know ra- radio shows or <laughs> <laughs> no problem, no problem. So so in the video, it, it uh, I I do know this much that you guys were about to do something. You know, uh, there was music was going to happen, and then suddenly you hear a gunfire, and yeah. and and like you said, is you can't tell where it's coming from, but then the reaction afterwards. You guys, what did tell us what you did? Yeah, that's the story. Um, so uh, immediately after it happened, there's not a lot that you can do other than try to assess the situation, obviously. Um, some of my old, you know, I guess you'd say training, but just you know, experiences as Electron kind of kicked in. and You look for, you know, any indication to find out where, it's actually coming from, um, you know, mainly so you know how to get away, uh, just like they said before, um, or, you know, 
just getting more information about the event in general uh, is helpful. Um, so that's the first, and the first thing we just kind of stopped. Uh, the big thing with an instant there, any kind of, uh, yeah, I really don't even know the word, I guess, uh, any kind of calamity or shooting event, I guess, is uh, what happens afterwards and how it affects the people around it. Um, this event was obviously a lot smaller than, uh, uh, you know, some of the bigger shootings and stuff. And thankfully, uh, there were two people injured and treated, but uh, from what I understand, everybody survived. Uh, no one else was hurt, and they apprehended the guy right away. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's hard to get a – anyway, sorry. It's hard to get an idea of what to do until you start to, you know, you notice where the police are going. Um, and once that happened, which was almost inst- instantaneously, uh, you realize that the situation can be taken – you know, you can see if it's being taken care of. Uh, at that point, I realized that, you know, everybody was safe right away because they had taken care of the guy had left or something and everything had calmed down. But the fear and the uncertainty that comes after that was just overpowering. Uh, it was palpable, actually. I could almost you know, taste it. And that fear has, a, you know, it spreads. Negative events in general have a way of spreading. Um, it's contagious. Uh, one negative event can cause a chain reaction that, you know, can cause other things. So, you know, fights were breaking out and people were arguing and crying and upset, and nervous. And it, that in itself is, you know, an overpowering feeling for anybody else. As an entertainer, uh, my only weapon against something like that is to entertain. So uh, immediately afterwards, the uh, you know gentleman Mark, you know, interesting, the phone was still there, and uh, you know everybody's shaking up. But I asked him, I was like, "Well, Mark, do you want to still sing the song?" And he was unsure and nervous, um, but I assured him, you know, best of my knowledge, everything's safe, everything's fine. Um, I don't know where to go at this point, so if I would understand if you wanted to leave, but if you wanted to stay, really use your help trying to help the people around us just be a little bit calmer uh, to change that emotion to something a lot more positive. Uh, emotional manipulation is in everything an entertainer does. Uh, what you're trying to do is if you have uh, an audience member with negative feelings or something, you want to try and turn that around into something positive so they enjoy whatever you're doing, and that's immediately uh, what kicked in. So at that point, I formulated a plan. Uh, the plan was to try to draw the crowd away from where the police were. And they were down the street where it had happened, actually. Uh, it wasn't far from us, but far enough where, you know, we at that corner weren't in any direct danger. Uh, but the crowd that was surrounding it, you know, like I said, with these negative emotions catching on, they're just as endangering to the situation as the situation itself. So at that point, my you know, idea was to draw the crowd away and to appeal to their human interest and use that entertainment as a way to distract them from the you know, negative feelings that were in, to uh, manipulate that negative emotion into something positive. Uh, we didn't, yeah, didn't know what else to do at that point. Mark was still a little nervous about it, um, but I you know, assured him that if he started, maybe – you'll start to feel better, and maybe those positive feelings can be just as contagious as the negative ones would. And uh, Mark decided to sing Prince's Purple Rain. And 
kill it. He was amazing. The video is great. It's on the uh, HMSC page. It's just a fantastic performance. And just as the old adage says, you know, why do they call circus performers artists? Because we know how to draw a crowd. We drew a crowd with Mark's, using Mark's performance. And that crowd turned into a larger crowd as we continued to do that show. And while the show was going on, I was able to, you know, walk amongst them and find these uh, people that were still gripped in this emotion. You know, some people were still nervous and crying. And I asked them, you know, hey, you want to come up and maybe do a song of karaoke or check out this show and make you feel better? Everything's fine. Everything's calm, you know. And uh, we ended up uh, helping a lot of people, I think. Uh, everybody ended up, actually ended up being a really good night uh, for everybody else. So that, uh, that was pretty much it. We actually, the other night, uh, there was a similar situation where uh, uh, actually a good friend of ours uh, ended up having, you know, suffering some seizures right in there. And that itself, with the ambulances and things, uh, causes that distress and uncertainty. And, uh, you know, after, uh, after the ambulance and police had left that area, there was another fight breaking out across the street down and uh you know i grabbed the microphone because part of when i was electron um again like i said we don't like crime fighting for crime prevention um i always pushed um i'm sorry uh, non-violent conflict resolution over you know any kind of confrontation proper communication is to me more valuable than anything else that you could have uh, in a superhero's or in a uh, civilian's arsenal. Just the ability to, you know, I guess talk your way out of the situation, clown your way out as the case were. <laughs> but, right. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, it, we got on the microphone there as, uh, you know, that was for breaking out. And I did the exact same thing. You know, I said, hey, my name is Parker Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with a microphone, so you know there's a very loud witness <laughs> to any kind of altercation that could break out, and I informed the crowd that there were police around the area, and again, man with a microphone, so I'm going to rat you out, <laughs> but then immediately, immediately started just repeating a chant, kind of, a, you know, everything is calm, everything is fine, we all, you know, tensions are high, but we can all relax, time to wind down find a safe way home reflect and just be together we are community everybody's here for each other we need to work together to change things everything's calm everything's nice everything's fine and as some people were walking by the fight broke up uh, almost immediately it just dispersed and the streets cleared up and people were walking by some of them were saying the same thing you know everything's calm everything's fine whether they were mocking me or it was helping them remains to be seen. But I like to think that it was a, you know, unifying moment right there, the power of street performance, uh, superpower of mine, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Um, let me, so, so when the, the gunfire um, broke, broke out, you couldn't tell, you know, cause, cause it was echoing off of everywhere and, and you couldn't tell yeah. where it was coming from. Yeah. That's, now yeah. we we still got uh, Shep on the line or Sifu and Shep. That's another factor that I you know that I'm hearing through this, uh, especially the street corner. It sounds like you've got a street corner that's pretty lively and sometimes not in the best way. But um, good good on yeah, you. Yeah, the video that I 
the video that I posted, though, real quick, um, I only posted that on that specific group, the RLSH, uh, you know, recruiting training uh, group. Right. Mostly because I didn't, you know, it was not helpful to police first. Uh, you know, uh, that would have been the first move. Um, but I, yeah. I didn't want to promote anything like that. So I didn't post that on any of the yeah. main Facebook pages or anything like that. Okay. Um, and in that video, once you can hear the gunshot go off, but if you notice, uh, me and Mark look down the street, and from what I understand, the uh, the gunshot actually happened in the opposite direction. Um, wow. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> and there's police on both sides. So, you know, I mean, they're doing a variety of jobs in this situation. You know, they're not just running down criminals or anything. They're also, you know, making sure that the public is safe and blocking off yeah. streets and, you know, things like that. So yeah. that's prime example. I mean, we just couldn't tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was – now, Sifu, I was going to ask you, what do you do? Like, in that type of situation, it's true. What what happens – you hear it, but what happens when you can't tell where it's coming from? Just – should you just – I mean, I know it's mostly common sense, but should you – stay in place until you can determine or should you take off just, you know, one way or the other? Um, I mean, there's really no right or wrong answer. You just have to do whatever you think is best at that point. Um, You know, if anytime you hear gunshots, just, you know, go with your pre-made plan as far as how you're going to get out. Um, Unless you see something that will keep you from going that way. Um, you know, in the aftermath of one of those things, a uh, good, good thing to think about is when they're when the police are coming in, you can exit the way that they came in because they would have cleared that area already. Um, oh, but as far yeah. as when you're in a situation and you can't, you don't know where it's coming from and you can't figure it out, just just get out. Um, you know, using uh, going through one of the exits that you know uh, are available, uh, unless something occurs to where you can't get through that way, and then you got to take a different option. So it's kind of a fluid situation, really. It's true. We'll be flexible there. Um, yep. and, and I'm, I'm thinking that, that now, now Parker, you said there, there are police on both sides. Was there like a festival or was this just, they had just shown up, you said immediately after the, after the gunfire? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the, uh, the way our downtown area, it's pretty much, you know, a tunnel strip. I mean, there's a couple mm-hmm. other streets, uh, that, you know, it's, it spreads out, but the main, focus point um you know is that one general street and our tent um is strategically located <laughs> in <laughs> just about the center of it uh, you know the reason we you know did it just like i said before we uh, set it up kind of like an rlsh team we would patrol back when i was electron with the challengers uh, and on my own and you're, you're mobile you're walking around you're basically looking for crime but with rlsh work it's not as black and white as you're going to be a superhero so you're going to fight crime your work as a hero is based on the needs of your community and whether it's crime fighting or charity work or hero support uh, you know helping others uh, help their communities as well uh, it's just you have to be able to adapt and facilitate those needs so we at the HMSC we do all three um, but we do it in a way that we can be most effective and being most effective doing that is in the center of the action sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, and using that center to, to 
like you said, de-escalate the, the, you know, of course people are going to be on edge and they're going to be, you know, it's, everyone's going to be just uh, running through their adrenaline and, you know, that fight or flight, they've got to do something with it. So it's good to get, you know, I, I, I'm applaud you for doing that for, for getting the guy, you know, to sing and to get people involved because, you know, what is it? Music soothes the savage breast. It's breast people. It's not the savage beast. It's, you know, often misquoted. Right. Um, but yeah, so getting people to calm down and, and yeah, good, good on you for doing that. And yeah, okay, what's that quote we love from, uh, is it men in black? Oh my. He's saying a pe- pe- a person is smart. People are dumb, dangerous, panicky animals. <laughs> like that. So it's, it's good that there's, you don't think about it, but it's, it's, it's maybe easier than you think sometimes to calm a group of, you know, people who are full of fear or excited or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think the most, oh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying de-escalation oh. 101. Yay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the most important, you know, thing in a situation like that, uh, mainly to assess the city and figure out, you know, what's going on, what you can do, of course. But, uh, as far as real life superheroes are concerned, you mentioned it before, um, running into, you know, a potentially volatile situation doesn't necessarily mean anything other than you could make that situation exponentially worse. Um, You know, you got to leave the crime fighting to the professionals sometimes. And uh, that being said, you can still do the best that you can with what you have outside of the situation. Um, And a lot of that is, as I've seen, is just talking to uh, some of the people that are in those and trying to help them, uh, you know, be able to handle those uh, emotions and to turn it into a more positive fear and uncertainty can be overcome with positivity and caring, uh, in my opinion. And uh, honestly, it's, it's been proven in my experience over and over again, every, it seems like every weekend something else is happening and we can, keep a level head and we make a plan and we overcome it through, you know, sometimes whimsy, sometimes, you know, foolery, but usually always through just empathy, uh, just trying to relate in a way that helps people not, or maybe even distracts them from that situation. If only for a moment, like a true clown of yore would do. Right. Right. Yeah. We call that in, uh, you know, and I don't, somebody else said it first, but breaking target lock. So, um, and, and, you know, yeah, that's, that's often called for. And if you, we, we, uh, a member of our, our team before in the New York initiative, he used to do, uh, when he saw things going down, you know, outside of the bars and such people fighting, he'd say, Hey guys, guys want to see something cool? And they'd go, what? And he would do uh, a standing backflip or run up nice. a wall because he's a parkour, you know, as a parkour yeah. uh, uh, professional and he would do that. And then they'd go, Whoa, that's an, they he broke target lock, you know that well, way. So what's his What's his number, Rock? I mean, we need more acrobats at the circus. Oh, Sounds man. like he's, he'd be perfect. He's amazing. <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll let you make a great for, any, for anybody who's listening and remembers, uh, his name was his nickname was Spider. So we will perfect, right? So you know what? We'll give you all his information. Uh, off the, and really, he he wouldn't mind that um at all. Um, we've got you know what. Stay on here, Parker, because I'm going to be asking you more about that. But oh, we've sure. got also, Sifo, I don't know how much longer you can stay. I know you've got stuff that you have to do. So um, <laughs> if you 
if you've got a ballot at any time, please don't, uh, you know, we've got 14 minutes left and one more caller that I want to bring on that we have time for, but I don't know. Can you, can you, can you hang on for that caller? Oh, yeah, I got, sure. I got nothing going on. Oh, you're awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Then with that, we're going to, here you go, bud. Bring on our next caller. All right. From the 705. I think we know who this is. This uh, Mr. Hi, Brennan. I think so too. Welcome, Brennan. Awesome. <laughs> so, oh, see, it works this time. Yeah, yeah. Curse, curse my fractured hand. <laughs> Stopping it too soon. Hey, these things happen. Yeah, that's right, you guys. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, see, he's got a boxer's uh, fracture in his hand. So, ask him how he did that. It's brilliant. Not really. Anyway. <laughs> It's a story for another time, um, but welcome, Renan. So you've been listening in. Is uh, what do you want to say or ask or uh, what do you want to do? Okay, so uh, yeah, I have been listening to the whole episode, and I do understand that a lot of people will say, "Hey, you can't have an opinion on this because you're not an American," and that's I don't know, I don't know if I consider that a valid argument. I would simply say that that gives me a different perspective. Right, um, you're, he, he's Canadian, guys. For for, for right. anyone who's listening, going, um, what is he? He's Canadian, eh? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I just pictured John yeah. Connor from Terminator Salvation. What are you? Oh, God. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. That's I'll my nerd husband. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, cultures bet- the cultural differences between American and Canadian are not as divisive as people like to think. Um, we basically watch most of the same shows, uh, so the media that we intake is, is pretty well the same but the cultural response to it is different. Um, the way that we, we think of, of Blaze of Glory is not quite as intense, although I know quite a few people who would fit in better with Americans than they do with Canadians. I know <laughs> a guy down the street who's a stalwart Trump supporter. Um, and I, as most are, his, tragic, his logic is incredibly misplaced, and uh, he... He basically lives in a small room, so his echo chamber is very small. But anyway, that's not the point I'm going for here. Um, just recently, we had a shooting in my in my area um, out on the reserve, um, and we we found out about it only because we saw every cop car in town flying out to the East Highway, and uh, yeah, it was after it was after a family member's death, and a man became very upset and you know there's an incident of domestic violence and then he started shooting into into the reserve into you know a populated area a man who should not have had a gun at all managed to get one um and it's uncertain even now how he managed to get one because you're not supposed to have guns on our reserves you know so he obtained it illegally so people will say aha so your gun laws are useless. Well, criminals exist in every aspect of humanity. You're always going to have people that break laws. Um, but he was taken alive. And uh, uh, so in no way do I think that you know shootings never happen anywhere except America. But the other thing is that he didn't hit anyone. He didn't kill anyone, which is fantastic. I mean, apart from the fact that it happened at all. You know, um, but this is a community that had kids, elders, the whole nine yards. It was just a residential area. And um, so the whole town was shaken that, you know, this person 
you know, decided to, to obtain a gun illegally. By the way, uh, the person definitely, uh, based on his history, should not have had a gun at all. And um, he managed to get one via some friends of his, I imagine. Um, and, yeah, the, the whole community was shaking because we didn't think that that could happen here, but it did. And Right. Uh, right. So, thankfully, nobody was hurt. But the next day, or sorry, not even not even 24 hours later, really. Um, I was sitting out on my on my balcony, and I live right in the middle of town. I live right on the main stretch. You know, if anything happens, I hear it. Um, and I heard a series of explosions from less than a block away, down by the water, and um, definitely black powder explosions. So I jumped into my boots and uh, started heading down the stairs, and then I saw, then I saw the explosions, fireworks. Someone had chosen mm. to light fireworks a day after a, a day after a shooting. It wasn't a weekend. It wasn't a civic holiday. Nothing. But someone decided to light wow. fireworks a day later. But my first thought was, someone else is shooting up the town now. So. Right. I wasn't I wasn't even down the stairs yet, but then, you know, I saw the fireworks. So, thankfully, it was just some asshole. <laughs> now, let me ask you: Would you have? Because you, you you put your boots on, and you were heading towards it. Now, what oh, was your? What were you? You know, what was your plan? To take their gun immediately. Are you? That's as. Uh huh. Do you carry or or because you know I like Sifa was saying we don't you know there's good on you for wanting to to take out the uh, the threat, but do you carry or were you just gonna do what you could with whatever you had? More the latter of the two. Um, I don't carry. Uh, mm-hmm. I am ex-military, so mm-hmm. uh, it would it would be very easy for me to to get my restricted license or even just a, a regular firearms license in, in Canada, which is referred to in Ontario as a PAL or a FAL in some instances. Um, it's just firearms acquisition license because you have to wow. prove in Canada, you have to prove that you know how guns work. You have to prove that you can stop a jam. You have to prove that you're not, you don't carelessly point and, and uh, put your finger on the trigger, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have to, you have to prove to a certified uh, weapons expert that you can safely, you have to get uh, 48 out of 50 on your tests. And I, wow. I received 100 on both. Yeah. You have to do a physical uh, exam and a written exam. Wow. And being ex-military, you know, I passed with 100%. But um, even as, even even with um, years of experience with, with firearms, the course still teaches you things. So, I mean, it, it's... Uh, it's, it's, can I, it's not, can really I interject, hard. actually, if uh, nobody mind? No, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. I I just had some thoughts. Uh, hi, actually. Hi, right, buddy. Uh, first off, uh, great meeting a neighbor from up north. It's not often you get to talk to the people who live upstairs, right? Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I, first off, I, you know, you started off by, um, you know, making a comment that maybe some people, because it's an American issue um, a lot of times that people from other countries, you know, um, might be considered uh, less than 
educated on the subject, I guess, uh, for lack of a better mm-hmm. idea. Uh, it seems to me that tragedy affects everyone, regardless of whether or not they're in that situation or in another country or wherever. It, it doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, I mean, things like this do happen everywhere. Granted, uh, they seem to be happening a lot down here. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's not something that is completely unrelatable, to, you know, regardless of where you're from. We're all people. That being said, mm-hmm. uh, Personally, I detest the word criminal. Uh, I, I believe it's a terrible label. I don't think there's any real such thing as you know a criminal person or a person who just goes out there and does bad things all the time just to do them. I think people, a lot of the time, make judgments based off emotion. And emotions can sometimes mm-hmm. cause errors in thinking. Uh, and they're powerful, uh, just like I saw at the shooting with the uh, the emotions of fear and that uncertainty and, you know, shock that was going through. Emotions like rage, uh, jealousy, and anger, sadness, these emotions can also completely overpower our ability to reason and make clear decisions. And that, you know, can affect not only ourselves but everyone around us in a negative way. People don't think sometimes. I know I am no different, uh, but it doesn't make that person necessarily a bad human being. It just means that they're making a very dumb decision at a time that and is going to affect everyone around. They're being selfish and not thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wouldn't want to promote, uh, other than you know the possible safety or hazards of you know getting yourself into a situation like that. It seems like if someone were to run to a gunman and take that weapon, even if they were successful and weren't injured, those emotions could be just as empowering or overpowering to that individual. And, yeah, uh, you know, he's doing a bad – he's harming people, and you want to stop the situation. But, you know, what happens if that person is – you know, what happens if you end up killing that person? That would mean – that you are also, you know, doing the same thing. It just, the violence doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't solve anything to me. And at that point, that's where, you know, I differed from a lot of my colleagues in the real-life superhero <laughs> for a while. Mm-hmm. No, I can understand that. And and I would, I would, uh, I understand that from, from your perspective. I have a friend that believes that violence never, never leads to anything better. And I can understand in, in, in a philosophical sense, but um, I have to, I have to disagree based on um, based on the results more or less uh, because if if I know that by causing a little bit of harm I can save a whole lot of people from being in pain, and if even that person who was harmed is specifically me, that is acceptable. Well, because the, we have uh, you know we've heard that before the the needs of the many outweigh. They're the needs of the few, but that's that's some pretty dark, uh, you know, semi-fascist thinking that just just causes a lot of trouble hey. for everybody. But if I interject something there, no, please do. We've got three minutes, so yeah, go ahead. All right, just yeah, just real quick. I I, I do appreciate everything uh, everyone is uh, is is saying, and uh, you know, like I was saying, anyone who wants to go in and try to stop the most important thing in an active shooting is stopping. Uh, the shooter. Um, 
and you know it's it's great to say there are no real criminals out there whatever but I, I work on that side of things I know a lot of people from the jail who are straight criminals they are bad people Same. and they do stuff they do stuff just for the hell of it um, I, I, I know them for a I know it for a fact. Um, so someone that's taking other people's lives, while we don't necessarily want to have to, we have to stop them by any means necessary, period. If it's going to be between my family and that shooter, that shooter needs to go. Well, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you, sir. And that, while I have the, I'd like to thank you for, you know, your work in law enforcement. We, you know, we're very pro-police, and uh, we try to work with law enforcement with Safe Rides Home and stuff like that. Uh, that being said, a lot of that, it, it sounds a lot like generalization. Like in the States, we have a, a problem with misconceptions of people hey, hey, and labeling things. Oh. You know what, Parker? I'm, we've got oh, less than you're right. two minutes. You're right. And you know like what? No, no. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And I know that once <laughs> Impact hears us, who, who, he wasn't able to join us tonight because he's not feeling really well, but um, what I'm hearing another show, this sounds, I would yeah. love to, I'm bug and I are sitting back going, this is awesome. We just want to hear more. So, but we only have a minute. But we only have a minute. So what we're going to do is <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get together with the impact, let him hear the rest of the, you know, hear the whole show. And we're going to set up another one <laughs> because we got to, we want to hear the rest of this. So, um, and, and it's wonderful letting you guys talk for change so we can go, hmm, yeah, that's something we hadn't thought of before. But while I've got one minute left, I want to thank you, uh, Parker, definitely, because you got this uh, rolling. Love it. Uh, and definitely getting you back for that. Thank you, um, Brendan. We Anytime. didn't get to hear the rest of that. We want to hear more of that, too. And I want to thank Sifu. Thank you for taking your time, like I said, uh, for coming on here and and um, yeah, giving us something to all think about and uh, to work on, to hopefully work on. And uh, yeah, we we owe you guys dinner. So, um, but you guys, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, what, what we you. always what we always tell people in our, our self defense seminars, Bug and I, is if it if it helps one of you, that that makes everything we ever do worth it. So hopefully, with everything that uh, that was said tonight, hopefully, uh, it, seriously, hopefully it helps way more than just one person. So thank you, um, all of you. And you guys, thank you. Everybody, everybody listening. Uh, thank you um, for listening. And uh, we have many more episodes like this with info. In it. And uh, just check it out. Check out our website. Love you guys. Have a safe week. Take care. Stay safe. Woo! All right.